It's a new day in Green Bay, and it's all about the love. We're going to Green Bay with one of the more mysterious teams in the league, someone that is changing their quarterback for the first time in over a decade, and that is the Green Bay Packers. The reason we are coming to you and the reason we have any stats to come to you with, every single stat we're about to talk about, is available on the Fantasy Football by Brodo app, and it is completely free. Become your own expert with this app. If you haven't already downloaded it, there is nothing to lose. It is free, and you can find it on any single place you get apps. And the reason why it is free is because of our lovely, amazing, bomb patrons over at patreon.com slash Fantasy. If you support the show and you'd like to support the show, um, please go and join the Patreon, patreon.com slash Fantasy. And for as little as $3 a month, you get a ton of extras and you support the show. And if you don't have money because it's tough times right now, you can support the show by checking this out on youtube.com slash Fantasy. We're just starting on YouTube, even though we've been in the, in the podcast game for six years. So the vast majority of our audience is on the, uh, the audio side. So go check us out on YouTube. Leave a nice comment. Leave a review if you get a chance. We would greatly appreciate it. And let's get into these. Green Bay Packers. Tonight, yet another staggering heat wave striking fantasy football. Oh, the cheese heads are not cheesing as they usually do um, at this time of year because they usually come into the year as the favorites, but the division cheese is wide. Oh, man, that voice you hear is from none other than the main man himself, lead writer and director of content, Matt Ward. And I am joined, of course, in this NFC North wave by my brother from a southern or more southern mother. Although although like Mexico and Greece are kind of like on the same. You know, parallel. We Not like gonna lie, I thought I was still bro. muted when Just I said like, that. But. <laughs> like low, like the the latitude lines. Yeah, yeah. the latitude lines. It, it's tip from a, from a teacher. Latitude, I remember, is the cross by saying flatitude, and long, <laughs> longitude, longitude. Right, it goes up and down. That's how you get sixth graders to remember longitude and latitude, right there. Nice. Are you smarter than a sixth grader? Probably. I mean, hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, no, hopefully I don't they, say, yeah, yeah, for sure. But you know, yeah, I, you wouldn't get the the nickname of math magician unless you were. Do you know who's definitely smarter yeah, than yeah. sixth grader? Matt Lafleur. So let's get into these offensive <laughs> outlooks. The head coach Matt Lafleur, year five as Packers head coach, forty seven career wins are the second most in NFL history of a head coach in his first four seasons in the league, trailing only George Seifert, the legendary. Um, I mean that's it's it's a little easy to do that when one of the best quarterbacks in the history of football is your quarterback. Green Bay's 47 and 19 mark since LaFleur was named head coach is the third best regular season record in the NFL best in the NFC in his first three seasons, leading the Packers guided Green Bay to a trio of 13 win seasons It has become the norm. The expectations there at this point, three NFC North championships, two appearances in the NFC championship game where they had some really, really tough losses. Um, In the last few years, Uh, he owns the NFL coaching record for the longest streak in NFL history without back to back losses. Of course, it's going to be his first year without Aaron Rodgers, and it's going to be his first year with new offensive coordinator, coordinator, excuse me, Adam Stenovich. He was promoted to offensive coordinator 
earlier this year. Originally joined the Packers in 2019 as an offensive line coach. It was promoted to the run game coordinator in Mar- on March 1st, 2021. Since joining Green Bay's staff in 2019, he's helped the Packers rank number one in the NFL over that span in the fewest giveaways, 59. Number two in time of possession. Number three in sacks allowed. And number seven in scoring. So, Obviously, the offense has been fantastic with Aaron Rodgers behind the helm. The offense last year, again, take this with a grain of salt because it's a completely new situation with the quarterback not coming. 14th in points per game, um, 19th in pass percentage, 17th in run percentage. I do have a feeling that you're going to see that run percentage go up this year with the rookie behind. I mean, the the first year uh, starter in Jordan Love behind center. Um, All their offensive additions were draft picks, which is ironic. Because all Aaron Rodgers ever did was beg them for some weapons. And once he left, they went and drafted five rookies on offense. Uh, Rookie wide receiver Jaden Reed. Rookie wide receiver Dontavian Wicks. Rookie wide receiver Grant DeBoys. uh, Rookie wide receiver, I mean tight end, Luke Musgrave. And rookie tight end Tucker Kraft. Uh, Obviously, the big offensive subtraction is QB Aaron Rodgers. Their tight end, Robert Tanyan. Go, takes his talents to Chicago in the same division and wide receiver Allen Robinson. I mean, Allen Lazard, excuse me, as well, goes to New York to join up with Aaron Rodgers. So the big question about this team is quarterback. And there's, I don't, there, there's bigger X factors, I think, but one of the biggest X factors in the league this year is Jordan Love. Because if Jordan Love is the guy that they drafted him to be, then you could be looking at a steel type of quarterback in your drafts that has running talent and that could get you where you need to be. If he ascends from not even being drafted to a top of the line starter, that's the situation we're looking at. Another situation we're looking at is that he absolutely sucks. And there's nothing. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's no like, like Aaron Rodgers, one of the best quarterbacks of all time, absolutely sucked the year after he learned behind Brett Favre for four years. Right. So there's no guarantee that just because he sat for this long of a time, he's going to have immediate success this season. So how are we looking at Jordan Love here? Take it away. I mean, not a fan, especially like you're throwing him in a team with uh, all rookie, uh, all rookie weapons. Like you have two rookie tight ends, two rookie wide receivers. He's not much of a rusher himself. Like the past two years, he rushed, I think, for 12 yards total. Uh, no, sorry, 26, because last year he had negative one. So the 27 he got first year, not anymore, baby. 26 now. Uh, I don't Say know, something real quick, too, because you yeah. said rookies. Rookies and the veterans in that room were Romeo Dubs and, and Christian Watson, who are second-year second guys. Years, yeah. That's like right, second so year. it's not like yeah, yeah. no veterans at all. At all. Like you go from a team having Aaron Rodgers, Devante Adams, uh, Alec, even in the tenor room, they weren't the best, but like Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, even like uh, a veteran presence a couple years ago. Right now, it's just all rookies with a third-year QB who hasn't been very good. Uh, so I'm personally not hoping or, or like expecting him to take this leap uh, and, and become a useful quarterback. Even like if he had legs, like I don't know, other QBs that we might talk about uh, in a couple coming days, say Justin Fields. Uh, Jordan Love doesn't really have legs like that for fantasy. So he's going around QB 26 right now. Like that, that's what he is. He's not even a QB two. And I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure you want to draft them even. I mean, in Superflex, you draft all the, the starters because, you know, uh, QBs are king there. 
But in just like a regular redraft league, not super flex, I'm not even touching him as a backup. Yeah, even in regular like two QB redraft leagues, I mean, you're probably going to find good guys just as late um, that'll outperform Jordan Love Jordan Love's ADP. So that's just it. He's yeah, like a two QB streamer, nothing more. I, I best. All right, so yeah. I mean, the real question is, can you support some weapons? Because Christian Watson is going at a pretty high price right now. Wide receiver twenty. Last I checked. That's a solid wide receiver two territory. Now I will say there's been only think only good reports about what he's been doing so far. And he showed a lot of flashes of success last year. But again, he showed those flashes with one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time coming off back-to-back MVPs. So with that being said, how are you feeling about these weapons? Dubs, um, uh, Watson, and the rookies being added. Matt, what are your take on these wide receivers? Yeah, we'll start with Christian Watson. I mean, he's got you're right around there. Yeah, ADP of 57 overall, wide receiver 20, 21. And that is getting pretty high. There, there's some viable options. That, that's like Calvin Ridley territory as well, almost. And he played 14 games as a rookie. Did Watson caught 41 of 65 targets for 611 yards, averaged 14.9 yards per reception. That's obviously very impressive with an A dot of. 13.8 which was wide receiver 12 overall so an incredibly efficient deep target caught seven touchdowns saw 14 red zone targets which was also top 20 amongst wide receivers despite him missing three games and he added two rushing touchdowns as well which i think kind of get forgotten forgotten about because he does have incredible speed to go along with his incredible size Averaged 2.4 yards per route run. That was wide receiver 12 amongst all eligible wide receivers and 9.4 yards per target, which is wide receiver 15. So again, like very, very efficient, but also quite a small sample size. Ranked first overall in fantasy points per target, which is why people are getting so enamored and excited because he's expected to lead the team in targets as really the only viable and proven um, stretch of fantasy relevance in, in that big four game stretch. He also ranked second in fantasy points per target um, against man coverage and has a pretty decent reception perception profile from Matt Harmon. So he, Watson's checking all of the boxes, but again, it's really just going to come down to Jordan Love and, and how big of a drop off he's taking in true target value. And although Aaron Rodgers certainly regressed in his final season as a Packer going from two straight MVP seasons, he still supported Watson having four consecutive top 10 wide receiver finishes from week 10 through week 13, where he had scoring totals of 32.7. That was wide receiver three, 21.1. That was wide receiver eight, 21.0. That was wide receiver 10 and 24.4, which was wide receiver eight again. And all seven of his rookie receiving touchdowns came during that span. So undeniable regression of target value coming from Rodgers to Jordan Love. That's going to have... Certainly a bit of a negative effect on Watson's development, but he's shown all the positive traits again as a true alpha wide receiver with immense upside. So, I mean, is there you, you're taking your shot on Watson then at wide receiver 20? What's I'd like to do it a little later. I, yeah, I like too. it when he slips to around wide receiver 23. Um, but yeah, I also think kind of a bit of a better best ball pick in that range to be honest because the value is essentially the same wherever you look at the ADP and I don't think the receivers on this offense are somebody that I want to manage this season you know in, when I play golf I always say there's two different types of fours right there's the four you get when you nail a fantastic like um fantastic putt and you save yourself from a five or a six but then those those fours where you set yourself up for a birdie and then you two putt an like because you can't hit and it's just like I cannot believe I just turned that into a four. I feel like that's Christian Watson 
where you, he's <laughs> where he's going. Like if he's your wide receiver three going into the season, you feel phenomenal. Great. If he's your wide yeah. wide receiver two going into the season, I'm shook. I'm nervous. I right? kind of feel that way. Yeah. You know, so it's kind of like the same thing there. Um, I mean, last season, me and Cass both said something that Michael called us ridiculous for, and he was right. <laughs> and that was that Aaron Jones would really secretly be the top uh, receiving yeah. target for Aaron Rodgers last year. Now, the reason that we but thought this that, year, I mean, look, <laughs> I don't know this year. Like when I was when I was looking up and, and you know, when I'm thinking about fantasy and when I'm trying to look up everything, all the stats and all the stats that Aaron Jones has compiled throughout his career, like they need to be taken with the Aaron Rodgers grain of salt because Aaron Rodgers is the type of person to check down. Now, I'm just lucky enough here to have the person who did the analytics and, and wrote <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. It wrote the article on this. So, Cass, can you just summarize real quick? What did you find when you did a deep dive on where targets from running backs come from? Uh, thank you for the segue. But yeah, running backs, I mean, it's extra important to know where the, the, the targets come from because the best fantasy running backs are the ones that catch passes, right? So looking at that deep deep dive, I'll just give uh, the people an overview if you want to read the full articles at broadfantasy.com. It's called Where Do Targets Come From? You can just Google that. Uh, cheap look. Uh, but like wide receivers, they own their target percentage, right? They go from team to team. Uh, from coach to coach, and they'll get a similar amount of targets because that's like good players command targets. That's something we know. It's like a common phrase. Now there's analytics behind it as well. Tight ends do the same, just at a lower rate. Running backs, on the other hand, the lowest core, uh, correlation coefficient was to themselves. So like it, it's not a player-driven thing. It's a QB and coach-driven thing. Now that the coach stayed the same, but the QB left, it's uh, a little bit murky waters right you, you don't know exactly what's going to happen you don't know where most of the influence came from we know the combination of the two is the most powerful qb is most powerful on its own but that doesn't mean that coach doesn't drive the the the, the targets a lot themselves right. so it is very possible we do have a stat on the app if you go into the, the fantasy football by Broto app in the stats page that it's a qb running back target so it tells you how many targets per game to the running back a certain qb throws that's a good way of measuring it. Uh, but yeah, now that Aaron Rodgers is gone, that is uh, a lot of uncertainty in terms of, uh, of targets because those are the main drivers. It's not the players themselves. So the question is, where does Jordan Love stand on that list, that the stats that Cass is talking about, right? Because that's going to be a major driver of Aaron Jones. And right now, Aaron Jones is going around running back 14. And when you're talking about running back 14, you, your RB2, in the past, Aaron Jones, your RB2, was a fantastic proposition. But that's because of all the pass work he got. Like last year, all of his damage came through the passing game. As a rusher, he was good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, he definitely played well as a rusher. Uh, 5.3 yards per carry. That was ninth in the league. Ninth in rushing touchdowns. Um, I mean, I'm sorry, ninth in rushing yards. 1,121. So he was a good runner. The only problem is his abilities at the goal line because that's where the other guy comes in, A.J. Dillon. 41 red zone opportunities were 14th in the league and only two rushing touchdowns. That was 43rd in the league. He buoyed himself with five receiving touchdowns, 6th in receptions, ninth in true target values, 10th in 
receiving yards among running backs, sixth in target percentage among running backs, seventh in receiving big plays. The PPR stands out because he was ninth in points per opportunity, excluding touchdowns. This is a guy who's been one of the better fantasy producers in the league, but always up and down. That's one of the things to say about him. He was up and down last year. It's hard for me to say whether I like Aaron Jones or not because you're taking a risk with Jordan Love because you don't know what Jordan Love's tendencies are. You just heard Cass, and I'm glad I had Cass to explain that because I couldn't have put that any better. I definitely couldn't have. Cass was definitely a help there. So now that you understand fully where these are coming from, if you look at LaFleur's previous stop with the Titans, Derrick Henry didn't really catch passes. You know, he, the, the, the the running back out of the backfield wasn't really a big part of that Titans offense. You come here, all of a sudden Aaron Jones is a huge part of the Titans, uh, of the Green Bay offense, but that's also an Aaron Rodgers trait. Aaron Rodgers throws to running backs out of the backfield. He always has. So there's two options for Aaron Jones. Number one could be Jordan Love targets him 100 times because they're playing conservative and they know Aaron Jones could play. And even though he's on a low powered offense, unless, you know, Jordan Love takes that next step, which is completely possible, but unlikely, right? If he's on that high powered offense, if he's on that, I mean, if he's on that low powered off, low, low powered offense and he's not getting receptions, this could be a year where Aaron Jones is like a waiver wire guy. Like it's that, it's that much of a big difference in my opinion of what Jordan Love does. On the other hand, you have A.J. Dillon. And A.J. Dillon was horrible, trash last year. I think that there's no other way to really to sugarcoat it. He did not do what he needed to do with the opportunities except score touchdowns, which, you know, when you're six foot 250, um, that's what you do. He punched the ball in. So he's probably going to be, you know, A.J. Dillon is probably going to, he's going in the eighth round. I have no problem with you taking him to handcuff, uh, taking him as kind of like a flex type on bye weeks kind of runner. I don't think he has much more potential besides that because he doesn't have much uh, passing prowess. Last year, he did have 43 targets. But I think, again, that's a uh, that's a product of Aaron Rodgers loves to hit the running back out of the backfield. And I don't know if that's going to be the case again. So these Green Bay running backs are just so high risk, high reward, in my opinion. It's just Aaron Jones has the possibility of being an RB1, and he has the possibility of being completely out of the minds of fantasy players for the rest of his career. Like, we're talking about career ending or RB1 as the possibilities, and it all ends up. I think that's a little extreme. If, If Jordan Love is completely inept and does not like passing down to his tight ends, if he tucks it, I mean, passing down to his running backs, what is Aaron Jones going to do with he's going to split carries on first and second down with A.J. Dillon? I don't want that. You could keep your 600 yards. Congratulations. Like, I I think that we're at a point where if he doesn't, if he doesn't put, if he doesn't put receiving at the forefront like he has been for the last few years, his fantasy value plummets because he's not the, He's just going to get you like 1,200 yards. I, I Maybe if A.J. Dillon doesn't take a step forward, and there's something to be said about A.J. Dillon going into his fourth year. I I just These guys are high risk, high reward. If you want to take the chance, go ahead, but I'm probably not going to be drafting much Aaron Jones in my drafts just because I don't want to touch the possibility that he completely bottoms out. How do you guys feel about that? Obviously, Matt, not feeling that. 
I mean, I don't I mean, think it's going to, I don't just, think it's going to uh, be a career I, ending season for Aaron Jones, but I, I do okay, think I mean, there's obviously fair. more volatility. <laughs> that, yeah, that's a little extreme. Yeah. Fine. I, you know, I, well, I speak in absolutes. I didn't really want to, yeah, Sith Lord with the sunglasses and shit. Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to bring it up because it's a very, very small sample size for Jordan Love, but like Aaron Rodgers is averaging 6.5 targets per game uh, to running backs throughout his career, uh, which is, is, it's not great. I mean, it's like top 15 in the league, so like top half in the, all the active quarterbacks. So this also includes not the, the starters. So like if a backup just throws 20 times to his uh, running back, that's included. Keep in mind. Jordan Love and his small sample size has thrown 2.1 targets per game to running back. So a third of what Aaron Rodgers used to do, which, I mean, he might improve. And and I, I don't know, like he might have to, but it's not great. It's not a great start. Yeah, not not taking too much out of that, like Cass said, but definitely you want it. If you're an Aaron Jones truther, you want to draft Aaron Jones, you'd like to see that number look something completely different than that. Especially if you if he's... You know, you know, the games that he did start, he started under the circumstances of, um, you know, this is a team that's building towards the future and this is just a one-time start. So you're assuming that the playbook hasn't changed for him at all, that he's just taking over the Aaron Rodgers playbook. So he has those options, the same options that Aaron Rodgers have. And again, small sample size, so don't look too much into it. But he cho- he chooses to go to that path, it seems. Um, let's get into tight ends. More rookie tight ends. This is the, the division of rookie tight ends. Um, what do we think about these tight ends? I don't, I don't even know how much it is worth to dive into them because, first of all, you have not one but two rookie tight ends in that room, right? So, not only are rookie tight ends slow to develop even when they're alone, you have a not so good veteran and then two rookies in front of them. Like in the depth chart, the unofficial depth chart, the two rookies are in front, and then you have uh, Josiah Dewara afterwards but then like you have two rookie tight ends i'll give you the comps that you can find also on the on the broto app fantasy football by broto app cheap plug uh look musgrave has as a uh, number one jelani woods which i know is uh, one of matt's guys but still rookie tight ends i'll, I'll keep saying it I'll, i'm gonna say rookie tight ends like seven times in this segment that's okay uh, and then you have Tucker Craft, who has sag Ertz and vernon davis as comps which are very good comps but again Rookie tight end. Uh, so I'm not drafting either. Not it doesn't seem like the people are drafting him either. They're like going at tight end 27 and tight end 53 right now. So tight end premium. Maybe you consider having one of them in your bench just in case they blow up. Especially like Musgrave, uh, like he could be a decent, super long shot flyer to take in a tight end premium two tight end league. Other than that, stay away. No point. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue with you on much on that one. Matt, who is your dynasty stash on this key, on this team? Yeah, I mean, the the theme of it is basically unknown quarterback play, right? But there, there's a couple wide receivers that you should be looking at on this roster for dynasty stashes for sure, mainly Romeo Dubs and Jaden Reed. Dubs played 13 games as a rookie, hauled in 42 of 67 targets, 425 yards, three touchdowns, recorded one top 10 finish in 2022, seven games recording five or more targets, which is a pretty decent development for a guy that was, you know, mainly expected to go undrafted, then saw some pretty late draft capital. And the Packers as an organization, whether, whether it be the Aaron Rodgers error era or any other era for that matter don't really spend draft capital on wide receivers so you're probably not going to see them trade up or move up for any of these future uh, high-end prospects either and Jordan Love doesn't really possess that 
insane arm strength that Rodgers does either. So he's going to look underneath a lot more, I think, and obviously work an offense with a low depth of target. Open up plenty of opportunities for Dubs, who's going to run out of the slot primarily. And then you have Jaden Reed from Michigan State, 5'11", 187 pounds. Utility gadget wide out mostly, but he's got the ability to take snaps at multiple receiver positions. He looks smaller uh, than many of his matchups, but rarely deterred by that. He operates with really good speed, should improve his ability to separate at the pro level, obviously. His ball skills are, are very good, uh, obviously one of the better deep threats. And I think that's why in the draft class, rather one of the best deep threats in the draft class. And I think that's why the Packers took him where they did in round two at pick 19. He's highly competitive, uh, especially against bigger, stronger players like that. That's really where he pops on film is that he definitely doesn't play as small as his size indicates. So Jaden Reed and Romeo dubs are two guys that you're going to have to stash probably because of the unknowns of this offense and the low production that we're assuming in 2023 from Jordan love, but two guys that'll probably have viable NFL fantasy relevance at some point in their careers. All right. I like it. Uh, yeah. Romeo dubs is an interesting player this year. Because I feel like a lot of good good news has been talked about him as well. Um, but it all goes on Jordan Love. Jordan loves the X Factor. Uh, speaking of X Factors, you can find us on X, which is not a porno Twitter. site. It's, nice. Don't let it. I, I saw this one uh, thing that's like, when I type X into my bar into my uh, search <laughs> bar, is like nothing good happens. Um, anyway, uh, type X into your search bar, see what happens, and then type at Brodo FF Tim, <laughs> at Brodo FF Casanova, at Brodo FF Mike, at Brodo FF Jason, at Psych Ward FF. At Broto Fantasy at FF by Broto, BrotoFantasy.com, YouTube.com slash Broto Fantasy, uh, Patreon.com slash Broto Fantasy. So yeah, I, like, you'd think I'd see that ish. Yeah, like, subscribe, drop a comment, uh, help us out. You know, go over to YouTube yeah. because, you know, we I'm not going to lie. Our YouTube numbers make us, look, make us look uh, scrawny. All right. We look scrawny on YouTube because we just started over there. Go make us look buff later. Buff. Like, like Cass. <laughs> Peace.